Thank you, Jesus. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? I got a few more. Isn't God good? Yay! Well, we're glad that you're here this morning, and uh, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to uh, it's a privilege to be your pastor. Amen. I am happy that God has called me to this place uh, for such a time as this. God is moving. He is doing incredible things. I believe that with my whole heart. I'm going to share a word this morning with you that God put upon my heart um, just this morning. I was planning on preaching the word I preached in Petersburg last week. I thought I had it off easy because I had all my notes ready. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to preach something different this morning. A couple of, and so the the message that I'm going to preach this morning is, uh, is a, a message that began a couple of weeks ago in my heart, and I'm preaching it not just to you, but I'm preaching it into the atmosphere. I'm going to come back and listen to this message later because I believe that God is speaking it also to me. Uh, And it stems from a prophetic word that God gave to me through our superintendent. And a couple of weeks ago, just just, I've, I've shared this before, but if you were not here, I'll share it again. I was at a district meeting with 300 other pastors And there were five or six of our district leaders that were praying over individuals. And the ones that were praying, all the the lead pastors came to the front. And uh, so there was probably, of of the 300 pastors that were there, probably 200 of them were lead pastors. And so these five or six district officials were spending time with each one praying over them. And they were spending two, three, four, five minutes with each one as they just prayed and believed God to touch them right where they were. It was a pretty awesome moment. I was uh, in line. I thought I was in the front. And so I thought that, the, that there was a pastor here and a pastor there. And then I thought one of them was going to come to me, but they both broke different directions and there I stood. And uh, I thought maybe I was invisible for a moment. Have you ever felt invisible? Uh, And quite a few minutes passed, probably 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. And our superintendent, he came over to me and instead of spending two, three, four minutes like they did with everybody else, he said one word. He said, the wind of God is about to blow again. And he went on to the next person and I sat there. Carrying this word, the wind of God is about to blow again. The wind of God. And I did not forget communion. We're going to share communion um, at the end of our service together. The wind of God is about to blow again. And of course, I left there and I felt the the presence of the Lord. and, And my mind went immediately 
to Acts chapter 2, where in the upper room, the sound of a rushing mighty wind began to blow. Now later in this message, we're going to get to Acts chapter 2. But I began to think about what is the wind of God? The wind of God. And so the wind of God is actually found um, all, it's found all through, um, it's found all through the, the scriptures. And, and so, um, let me get back to the beginning of my notes. Jesus said this, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit, the wind of God. So one verse in the Bible says, we're like the wind of God and, uh, we're, we're born of the spirit. That means we've given our lives to Jesus. We've been born again and we are like those that are blown throughout the earth. In fact, today at lunch, you might be blown right into somebody's life. Somebody that's not expecting you, somebody that does not know that you are coming, and all of a sudden, there you are, a witness for Jesus Christ, blown right into their lives. Have you had somebody like that in your life? You were just living your life, and all of a sudden, somebody just appeared into your life and became a, a very important person in your life, a gift from God. Amen? We've had people that God has brought into this house and uh, they've stayed for several months. They've, in fact, many of them have stayed for several years and then they've been blowing away. Uh, we have blown a lot of people to Tennessee. The Holy Spirit has blown them to the uh, four corners of the, the United States. We have been a very sending church and I'm proud of that talked with some people from Tennessee just last week that said, you do not know what the couple of years in your church did for me and my family. And uh, that is a testimony to this church. Amen. The, the spirit of God is in us is like the wind. And that's one application of it. There are other applications of it. In the, in the Old Testament, there is the wind of refreshing. If you're taking notes, you can write these verses down. This is a song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 16. And the Shulamite is talking about the garden of her heart. And the Shulamite is singing to Solomon. It is a picture of us singing to Jesus as we tend the garden of our heart. And the Shulamite says, awake, O north wind. Awake, come, south wind. Blow upon my garden that its spices might flow out. Let my beloved come to his garden and eat its pleasant fruit. Was in the woods the other day and the wind began to blow and the fragrance of the flowers began to rush up uh, to me and I just went, whoa. And that's what, that's what the Shulamite is talking about. She has prepared this place, an enclosed garden, and she wants the wind to blow to attract the presence of her lover, Solomon. Oh Lord, let... Let the wind of refreshing blow upon your church again. Amen? The wind of refreshing. Then there are winds of judgment. In the book of Revelation, chapter 7, 
uh, verses 1 through 3. Let me just read it. After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth. These four angels held the four winds. That the wind, uh, that the wind, the angels was, were holding the wind, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels holding the four winds, do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees. You see, if they were to release those winds, they would be winds of judgment. And so uh, that's in Revelation chapter 7. The winds in the Old Testament uh, were often the same. When the Israelites turned away from God and they backslid, God released them to the four winds. Ezekiel chapter 5 and verse 10. Therefore fathers shall eat their sons in your midst. Sons shall eat their fathers and I will execute judgments among you and all of you who remain I will scatter to the winds. Scatter to the winds. Later in Ezekiel chapter 12, he says, I will also spread my net over him. He shall be caught in my snare. I will bring him to Babylon, to the land of the Chaldeans. Yet he shall not see it, though he shall die there. I will scatter to every wind all who are around him to help him, his troops. I will draw out the sword after them. This is the scattering of the winds. The wind represents refreshing in some cases. It represents judgment in other cases. Ezekiel 17, 21 is another verse that says basically the same thing. I won't take time to read it. But the scattering of the winds in these cases is fulfilling the prophetic word that is given to Moses. And Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 64 through 67 says this, then the Lord will scatter you among the people, talking about if you backslide. He will scatter you among the people from one end of the earth to the other, and there you shall serve other gods which neither you nor your fathers have known, wood and stone. And among those nations you shall find no rest, nor shall the sole of your foot have a resting place. But there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing eyes, and anguish of soul. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. You shall fear day and night and have no assurance of life. In the morning you shall say, oh, that it were evening. And at the evening you shall say, oh, that it were morning because of the fear which terrifies your heart and because of the sight which your eyes shall see. This is the wind of judgment. This is the wind of judgment. But but can I tell you that even the wind of judgment is the wind of mercy. They they were scattered to the four corners of the, the earth to awaken them, to get them to turn back to God. We need to thank God for his discipline. Amen. Thank you, Lord. People begin to ask me about my son. And I begin to just respond without even thinking about it. He's in the wind. He's blowing in the wind. I wasn't even connecting it to this message. It was just my answer. He's blowing in the wind. 
But it's the wind of God's mercy in the form of discipline. Do you remember the prodigal son? The story of the prodigal son. The prodigal was blowing in the wind. Blowing in the wind. And finally, he he had no rest in his heart once he ran out of money. He had no rest in his heart. He had no no peace in his soul. He began to to wish, "I, I wish I could eat this food that the pigs are eating. I wish I could eat these pods. Which pods, by the way, were the food that they gave the pigs during a severe famine to merely keep them alive. It was not even good food for pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with pods. He was blowing in the wind. He was blowing in the wind. The prodigal son blowing in the wind. I thank God that when somebody's blowing in the wind, it is not restful. It is not peaceful. I thank God that it is difficult. I thank God that it is, that it is not a place that people want to settle and, and stay and remain. I thank God for that. If you have a prodigal and things begin to go wrong in that prodigal's life, rejoice about that. Don't get upset about that. Rejoice about that because that's God at work in that prodigal's life. Some of you came to Christ because things got difficult. Some of you came to Christ because things got tough. Right? Rejoice. Because even that is God's mercy to turn them back. And so now we, we move to the other kind of wind. And this is not the wind of scattering. This is the wind of gathering. Hallelujah. Not the wind of blowing away, but the wind of drawing near. Oh, this is good. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 29. I love this. Oh, thank you, Father. Jesus is teaching. And he says, immediately after the tribulation in those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. This is, even in the midst of tribulation, the gathering of the elect with the wind of God. I love this. In the prophecy of the dry bones, in Ezekiel 37, verses 9 and 10, God said to me, said Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath, Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds. Did you catch that? Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. You see, earlier in Ezekiel, what had happened? They were scattered by the wind of judgment. But now they're being gathered again by by the winds of gathering. Praise God. Oh, I'm getting excited about this even if nobody else is. Oh, thank you, Lord. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath 
came into them. You know what Ezekiel was prophesying? He was prophesying the return of the exiles, that they would come, that they would come home from the four corners of the world, that they would return in Jesus' name, and they would be they would be uh, they would be gathered again. Oh, praise the Lord! Glory to God! Somebody give Him praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. An exceedingly great army. You wonder where you wonder where the church is birthed from? It's birthed from the four winds. That's where it's birthed from. People people that were scattered all over, and now they're being gathered in the name of the Lord. In Zechariah, this is the future joy of the church. Up, up, flee from the land of the north, says the Lord. For I have spread you abroad like the four winds of heaven, says the Lord. Up, up, Zion, escape, you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. For thus says the Lord of hosts, he sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he touches you, for he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. For surely I will shake my hand against them, and they shall become spoil for their servants. Then you will know that the Lord of the hosts sent me. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. For behold, I am coming, and I will dwell in your midst. Many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and they shall become my people, and I will dwell in your midst. And then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. And the Lord shall take possession of Judah as his inheritance in the Holy Land and will again choose Jerusalem. Be silent, all flesh, before the Lord, for he is aroused from his holy habitation. What is he doing? He is gathering from the four winds, from the four corners of the earth. Praise God. It is no wonder that on the day of Pentecost, when the sound of wind began to blow, Acts 2, verse 2, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as if a rushing mighty wind. It is no wonder that they were there from the, from the four corners of the earth. You read the list of people that were there, uh, just down a few verses in Acts chapter 2. They were from everywhere. Praise God. There's at least three different continents mentioned in Acts chapter 2 of people being there from Africa, from Asia, from Europe. They were there that day to, to hear the sound of the mighty rushing wind and wonder what is it that's happening. God was gathering. You know, the purpose of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is the purpose of gathering. God has given you the Holy Spirit, the wind of the Spirit of God, so that we can gather from the four corners of the earth. Amen? So that we can gather. God filled me with the Holy Spirit when I was, when, when I had graduated from my eighth grade year uh, and I was getting ready to go into high school and I was filled with the Holy Spirit in that moment and I knew what my mission was to gather. I knew that my mission was to bring as many as I could to Christ in the four years of high school. And I became a missionary to my high school. We started a Bible study. We eventually had 30 kids come into the Bible study. We wore our Christian t-shirts and, and uh, everybody thought we were nuts. Everybody thought we were mad. We were mad. We were mad for Jesus. 
filled with the Holy Spirit, the wind of God to gather. I was believing for revival to break out in my high school. We did have one morning where we preached to all 1,200 uh, students that were, were in the high school. And it was before school, and they were all gathered out there. And we had four different preachers with a big cross. And, and, uh, and uh, it was it, the news channel came, and the, the uh, superintendent was out there. And as soon as the bell rang, he had a bullhorn. And he was saying, everybody get to school, everybody get to school. I uh, became well known that day. I was able to personally lead three of my friends to Christ during my four years. Not the, not the revival that I was hoping for. I was able to encourage a lot, but I was able to win three of my friends to Christ. The wind of God. Wouldn't it be awesome if every one of us again could win three friends to Christ? I feel the Lord in that. How many of you have three friends that you're believing to come to Christ? Let's just pause a moment and let's pray for those three friends right now in Jesus' name. Father, you have caused your wind to blow in our hearts so that we can be gatherers of people into your kingdom. God, we are asking in Jesus' name that you would Cause your wind, Holy Spirit, to work through us to be gatherers. Thank you, Father. We pray for these three, that they will come to Jesus. And everybody said, amen. The wind is about to blow again. And when the wind begins to blow, things begin to change. When the wind begins to blow, people begin to notice. When the wind begins to blow, miracles begin to break out. Healings begin to break out. When the wind begins to blow, God begins to move. And when the wind begins to blow, there's a shifting and there's a changing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's pleasant and we go, oh, thank you, Lord. I love it when I'm out paddling and the wind begins to blow at my back, blowing me along. Oh, I love that. I love that. But did you know that that the trip that I took Cammie's dad on, the wind blew fierce against us the whole way. What was supposed to take three quarters of a day took two days to paddle because we were blowing straight into the wind. And when we got there, we were exhausted. We had one day of perfect tranquility, which we rested in camp and fished. And then the wind changed directions. And all the way back, we paddled into the wind again. We call that the wind trip. Sometimes the wind is not pleasant. But there's this shifting that's happening. And this changing in the things of the Spirit, God's wind is about to blow again. 
I believe that with my whole heart. I'm speaking to the atmosphere over Lincoln right now. There has been revival in Lincoln before, and there will be revival in Lincoln again. The wind is about to blow again. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There has been a move of God in central Illinois before, and there will be a move of God in central Illinois again. The wind is about to shift, and it's about to blow. The wind is going to blow again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There has, let me, let me go one step further. There has been revival in America again and there uh, before, and there will be revival in America again. Come on. There will be a turning back to God. There will be the wind, the sound of the wind blowing again in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Oh my God, my God, my God. I can feel and hear its sound in my heart when the wind begins to blow the church has to change when the wind begins to blow the church has to respond what are some things that the church has to do the church has to get her eyes off of merely herself you know who's you know whose eyes peter's uh who who uh, who's peter's eyes were on I'm trying to say this Getting tongue-tied. You know who Peter had his eyes on before the wind began to blow? Peter. Everything was about Peter. Nothing's going right. Let's just go fishing. Do you know Jesus rose from the dead and Peter had seen him? But Peter's eyes were not on Jesus. Peter's eyes were on Peter. Nothing's going right. Let's go fishing. That's what we know to do. We had it great for a while. We failed. I failed. I failed. You failed. Everybody failed. Failed. Isn't that a song? But when the wind began to blow, Peter got his eyes off of himself. And he got his eyes on others. Hallelujah. He got his eyes on the people that are around him. He began to notice the people around him. He was filled, not only was he filled with the Holy Spirit, but he stood up in power to 3,000 people. Now he's not concerned about taking care of me. Now he's not concerned about what I'm going through. Now he's concerned about raising up a church, about fulfilling what God had called him to be, about stepping in to the promises that God had called him to step into. Maybe you've been in a season where it's been all about you. Oh God, may the wind blow again on your life. May the wind blow again on our life and awaken, awaken, awaken the people of God. We've got to get our eyes off of self. The second thing that the church needs to do when the wind begins to blow is that the church needs to begin to give herself to prayer like never before. To pray. I have felt the wind blowing and I have been praying and I have been seeking God's face. We are in a season right now, church, the 
from the beginning of 2023, not just with Asbury, but from the beginning of 2023 on, we are in a season where the people of God have got to get serious about seeking his face and praying. My wife and I uh, found found each other at the park the other day. I was there leading the prayer meeting and uh, she pulled up next to me right as I was finishing the prayer meeting and there she was. And uh, I said, I said, I'll go walking with you. And she said, no, you can't go with me. I've got to pray. She booted me. Do you know why? Because she, in that moment, needed to pray and seek the Lord. And so she used that time to be with him. And so I went the other direction and found no mushrooms. Imagine that. I need to pray harder, don't I, Bob? Friends, wherever you are, it does not matter what level you're on. Can I call you to check your prayer life? And can I call you to grow in this season of prayer? At the end, after they baptized 3,000 in the book of Acts, it says that they went from house to house giving themselves to prayer, among other things. Prayer increased. And throughout the book of Acts, it is prayer. It is the prayer of the believers that carries the day. Oh, thank you, Father, for increasing prayer in this house. I recently asked uh, the leaders in this house to rate the different things, the different categories that, that, uh, that we do, uh, the different systems in the church, the different ways in which we reach out to people. Um, and, and so you know what they rated highly? They rated highly worship and prayer. But I believe that there is room to grow in our prayer time here at Faith Church. Amen. There is room to grow. There is room for me to grow in my prayer walk as a believer. There is room to grow for you. This is why Paul said, pray in the spirit on all occasions. He he admonished them. He said, pray for me every chance you get. Pray, pray, pray. Thank you, Lord. Pray. They increased in prayer. And thirdly, what did they increase when the wind began to blow? They not only got their eyes off of themselves, not only did they increase their prayer life, but they got ready to make disciples. They got ready to make disciples. We are not filled with the Holy Spirit, church, so that we can feel goosebumps in the song service. I love it when God presences himself in the song service, but he has, he has empowered us by his spirit so that we can make disciples. Everybody say that. Make disciples. Uh, hit your neighbor, jab your neighbor and say, make disciples. Every generation, God has called us to make disciples. Oh, thank you, Father. Make disciples. Everything that we are about is going to shift into making disciples. We're not satisfied that people merely pray to receive Christ. 
I get excited about that. But I want to see people rooted in the kingdom. Become immovable. Growing in Christ. And in their relationship with the Lord. When the wind begins to blow, we begin to get our eyes off of ourselves. We begin to increase in prayer and the word. And we begin to get ready to make disciples. How did the church survive? Was it because of the day of Pentecost? I believe it was because of what they did as a result of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was poured out and they could have all gone home and said, wasn't that a great meeting? But they went to work. And they begin to raise up disciples. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Why do we do children's ministry? Is it to babysit the kids during the morning? No, it's to make disciples. Why do we do youth ministry? Is it to just provide a fun atmosphere for kids to go to? No, it is to make disciples. Why do we labor? Why are we at this whole thing? It is to see disciples uh, made. And that, that's what Jesus said. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, commanding them to obey every teaching that I have given you. And, and so he's, he's uh, that's discipleship. Make disciples of every nation. Praise God. Why do we go to Cuba? So that we can come alongside the Cuban pastors so that they can become more effective in making disciples. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> the wind is blowing. I'm going to end with Daniel chapter 7. This is talking about the end times. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed. And he wrote down the dream telling the main facts. And Daniel spoke saying, I saw in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. Four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first, a lion, had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man. A man's heart was given to it. Suddenly another beast, a second like a bear, it was raised up on one side, had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked and there was another like a leopard which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions and behold a fourth beast dreadful and terrible exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth it was devouring breaking in pieces and trampling the residue which is with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns and there was another horn, a little one coming up from among them before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots and there in its horn were eyes like the eyes of man and a mouth speaking pompous words. 
Now, all of that, as the wind is blowing, is describing the governments of the earth, the ones that are going to replace the others and what they're going to do to mankind. God will hold governments accountable. But it goes on. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. This begins with what? The blowing of the wind. I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain, its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As for the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I was watching in night visions and behold, one like the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. We're making, we're, we're getting our eyes off of ourselves. We're increasing in prayer. We're, we're positioning ourselves to make disciples. Why? Why are we doing all this? We're doing it because people matter, but we, we're doing it because Jesus is worthy. Hallelujah. Jesus is worthy. He's the worthy one. And when the wind begins to blow, Jesus is glorified. Jesus is lifted high. Jesus becomes the focus of our lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lord, let the wind blow. The wind is about to blow again. The wind is about to blow again. What does that mean for you? This is kind of an abstract message this morning. I realize that. But the wind blowing on the church again is the sound of revival. It is the sound of God working and moving. It is the sound of the church awakening. Right? It is the sound of the church working again how it's supposed to work. Not just faith church but all the churches. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can I share a testimony this morning? Can I do that? Um, Last Sunday, First Baptist Church took up an offering for, uh, for Shannon and Becky Beal to put a tabernacle in Lesotho, Africa of $1,500. Isn't that awesome? 
Why? Because the wind is blowing. The walls of the church are coming down. They said, I I was just talking with the pastor over a meal about what God had called me to do in Lesotho, Africa. I'm I'm raising money uh, to, to buy a tabernacle. I'm doing that personally. And I shared that with him and he said, we want to be a part of that. And the walls between churches are coming down. Hallelujah. The walls between churches are coming down. We're fellowshipping together. So he had us come on a Wednesday night. And, uh, and, and uh, I, I shared, I shared the, the vision and the mission to make disciples in Lesotho, Africa. And they said yes. Handful of people took up an offering to change the world. The wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing again. Thank you, Father. It's, it's the Holy Spirit winking at me. Father, I thank you for your spirit in this place. The calling on this house, the calling on this church, the calling on our lives is no ordinary calling. Lord, with 12 people, you flipped a city upside down. You flipped a nation upside down. You flipped the world upside down, starting with 12 people. Jesus, we say here we are. We hear the sound of the wind blowing again. It's faint. It's gentle. It sounds like it's in the distance, but it is blowing again. We, we don't, we don't know how strong it's going to get. We don't know everything that's going to happen, but we are believing God for you to work and move in our midst. The sound of the wind is blowing again. Blow in this place. Blow in my life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We need a fresh wind. We need a fresh wind. We need a fresh wind to blow in this place. We need a fresh wind. If you're here this morning and you need fresh wind in your life, you're believing for fresh wind in this church. I want you, I want you to join me for a moment of prayer around this altar and say, God, we need fresh wind. We need it to blow in this place in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.